When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up, Bucks Nation? We are back with another live stream. It is Monday, and we're almost to the draft. I mean, it feels like it's getting closer and closer, um, and it's—I mean—it's going to be here shortly. So, very excited. Uh, no Mark uh, tonight, but I do have a very special guest, uh, Trevor Sikama of the Draft Network and the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Trevor, man, it's, it's really good to have you on. How are you doing, man? I am doing great. Look at y'all with that official like countdown to start the show. I mean, like y'all are official, Michael. I appreciate you having me on tonight, man. No, it's it's our pleasure. And uh, I mean, you are just killing it with your content. I mean, it seems like I see you everywhere. It's like I go on Twitter, I refresh. There's Trevor's face. It's like <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So it feels yeah. like it feels like I've been doing enough videos for that to be the case. So I'm glad that that's actually the effect that we're having because I feel like we've been we've been churning out so much video content this off season, but it's been a lot of fun to do. So I'm uh, I'm hoping people get the chance to see a lot of it. Yeah, man. It's uh, yeah. Go check out Trevor's work. I mean, it's stop notch. So with that being said, let's get into it. Uh, you know, first question: Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl. I know last time we talked, it was last year after the draft, and like we were just talking about the great class that they got. But I mean, did we expect this kind of run this fast? I mean, as far as winning it all? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look back on it, I'll just kind of start with with the draft thoughts. It's crazy to think. Of course, they added Tom Brady, and Tom Brady was the biggest piece to put them over the top, but. You know, when you go back and you look at draft classes and we try to have these predictions right away for these players, like some people say like, oh, you know, like you can't expect anything from rookies. These guys aren't going to make a big difference in year one or like most of them aren't. Look, I'm just going to be straight up. Bucks don't win that Super Bowl if they don't have Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield Jr. playing the way they did. I mean, like that's that that's that's what I think. I feel like those two, of course, they had the meat and cheese behind them. They had the veterans. They had the rest of the roster set up. They had Tom Brady, of course, but like those two guys as rookies were such important pieces of the puzzle for them to really go over the top. And, you know, you and I, you and I have talked about this before. It's like, did I think they were going to win the Super Bowl last year? And I didn't. And a big reason was because one, I thought the lack of time, the lack of reps together with the COVID affected off season last year was really going to, 
hinder their opportunity to be the best they could possibly be just because it was a new group that was coming together. There were still a lot of pieces, sure, but Brady was a big important one, right? Getting the chemistry yeah. between him and the coaching staff was really important. Getting Rob Gronkowski up to speed was important. The running game getting to where it needed to be. Of course, the defense all coming together as such a chemistry-based side of the ball. And all that seemed to really come together. I mean, it took a little bit going into the season, but one of the biggest things that I didn't account for saying that I didn't think 2021 was going to be the season was that rookie contribution. Were those yeah. guys that they drafted the year before who weren't even on the team, weren't even in the NFL, playing such a major role? I mean, Tristan Wirfs just cannot be understated how well he played and what he did for that team. And so it's kind of crazy to think that. Yeah, I, I did not believe that they would win the Super Bowl last year. I'll even say I admitted I didn't think they were going to beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game. I thought th- yeah. I, I thought they were going to beat Washington. I thought that was for sure going to happen. Mm-hmm. I had zero. Tr- I truly mean this when I say this. I had zero doubt in my mind they were going to beat New Orleans. Oh, you, for sure. you, you cannot beat the same team, let alone a Tom Brady team, three times in a season. It just was not going to happen. No. So like, I had full faith that they were going to beat New Orleans that third time. Packers game, the NFC Championship game was in Green Bay. Mm. Aaron Rodgers had stumbled against the Bucs before. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, was playing at an MVP caliber level. Yeah. I didn't think that they were going to be able to fool him twice, and they absolutely did. And then, of course, you know, it came yeah. down to the Chiefs really not having the offensive line they needed to to compete, and it was just a dominant performance from the oh, Buccaneers. Yeah. It's so weird to look back and think of all of the years whether I was covering them for Peter Report or even before growing up just south of Tampa, watching the Buccaneers be so bad year after year after year after year, and then all of a sudden it's just Super Bowl. It's yeah. just like it's it, there was no there was no acclimation period. There was no like oh they made the playoffs. We could be right. happy with that. Like they'll <laughs> they'll ascend yeah. to the Super Bowl maybe one day. It was just all in one year, which is a crazy avalanche. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean we. I mean, I remember getting just stomped by Baltimore Ravens. You're down 48 to nothing, you know, before it's, you know, that's way back. And when, um, you know, Lovey, I believe was the coach or it was Raheem, one of the two, I mean, you just getting your, your butt kicked. And, you know, now we've gone from, from that to Super Bowl champions. It's, uh, it's very impressive. I mean, just coming from, you know, the time with Jameis and like how the ups and downs of those seasons with Dirk Cutter and like, just, you know, I mean, his, his press conferences and you just a lot of like turmoil, just never any consistency right. on, on the field or off the field. And right. then you go to BA and you could see the improvement. Obviously it started with, you know, cutting Vernon Hargraves, you know, that message to the defense and like accountability was, you know, in place and then getting, you know, obviously the GOAT tom brady i mean that's that's the biggest yeah it It does i mean (laughs) getting the biggest culture changer like that you could possibly get and i mean and people forget this team was seven and five last year and they were on the brink of not making the playoffs right right and then they they go on that run and never lose again after kansas city that you know week 12 and man they just played really good football they made adjustments and uh no i was gonna let you finish there but i I was just mm -hmm. gonna say like I remember, and John Leonard of Peter Report now, he gives me crap for this all the time. You know, friendly crap because he's a good friend of mine. But he tell he he remembers the moment, and I think this was in the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Brady was struggling. No, 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 no. This was what was the game that was right after the Chiefs? 
That was Minnes- Minnesota. Minnesota. So yeah. they're playing the Minnesota game, and Brady does something wrong. And I remember tweeting, this is after the Chiefs game, okay? They're se- they're seven and five. Like, this team looks like they are on the fritz at this point. Brady does something wrong, and it just felt like there was no – you just was not in sync. What I mm-hmm. thought was going to be – maybe not, the theme sounds like a little bit too harsh, but what I think was going to be their demise in 2021 was the fact that they didn't have that continuity, that Brady wasn't going to be on the same page with his wide receivers, with his play calling, with the running game, all of that stuff. I felt like they were going to need a full year under their belt to really get that chemistry down to go really compete in a, in a deep playoff run. And when they were 7-5 and five and the, when they were playing the Minnesota Vikings, it just felt like that was all coming to a head. Like this was the, th- this was just the kind of the showing of the moment that this was not the year. And Brady, I think he might've thrown an interception or he might've just missed somebody on a third down. And I remember tweeting, Tom Brady is broken. That's what I thought. I didn't mean it as in like broken beyond repair. I was just saying like the Tom Brady that we know of is broken. This, this current Tom Brady, he needs fixing the offense needs fixing all that stuff. And, uh, then basically, I'm not even kidding you. From that moment on, I think they scored a touchdown on the next drive. They went on to win all those games. They get into the playoffs. They don't lose ever again. And so, like, as if me moving from Tampa to Charlotte wasn't the curse in and of itself, <laughs> me tweeting that Tom Brady was broken was truly what propelled <laughs> the Buccaneers to turn it around and get that a hot streak to, to go through the playoffs. Yeah, man. It, it was just it was just a wild ride. And, you know, it's awesome that they, you know, got the job done. And you know, now going into this off season, like it's just crazy how everything has just like followed suit. Like they bring everybody back, not yeah. just one guy, just they brought everybody back that they wanted to, and they continue to add to the roster. And now you look at this draft that's coming up and you're sitting at 32 and just uh, talk a little bit about like what positions you see them really addressing or how, what do you, what's like the strategy you're thinking this team's going to approach? It's, it's it's so hard to predict what the Buccaneers are going to do at 32 because, of course, there's 31 picks that have to happen before them. Well, we assume if they're going to stay there. And there's really just not a lot of needs on this team. Like, I, I've, I've been doing the draft for a long time. I've been covering the draft pr- probably since, you know, at a basic level, since like 2013. I, I've never seen a team in, in this kind of shape. I've never seen a team win the Super Bowl and bring back everybody, not just the core players, because that happens all the time. Teams win Super Bowls and they bring back their core players. Their core players don't leave, whatever it is. That happens all the time. It's never this situation where all 22 starters and so many of the depth players on the team are still there. I mean, basically the only player they don't have at this point is Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown was useful for them. I don't want to just like shrug that off as nothing, but to bring back literally everyone, improve the running back room, and okay, so you don't have your basically wide receiver three. That's, I mean, to me, that's just completely insane. This team is not only stacked at their starters enough to win a championship, which they just proved. They also have so much depth. And I guess when you look at 32, the Buccaneers have the opportunity to pick best player available. Unlike maybe anything we've ever seen, they truly have all the flexibility in the world. Something that I think might hold some weight is when Jason Light said earlier this offseason, well, we build our big board for every draft viewing these players in year two or three of their NFL career. You know, we don't necessarily pick guys thinking, okay, this guy's the most pro-ready player right now. Sometimes situations might call for that, but the way the Buccaneers build their big board is 
you want to predict what a guy will be like, what his ceiling will be, and what his potential could be as a guy who's really going to either come into a starting role or just be a really good contributing player for you in year two and year three. So with that, you could bring some contracts into play, right? Along the offensive line. Alex Kappa and Ryan Jensen, they're both free agents next year. Of course, they're going to play this next season, but they're both free agents next year. Bucks spent a lot of money bringing a lot of people back this year. Maybe they don't want to bring back both. So maybe you look at an interior offensive line guy and you think, okay, that might be a versatile pick. I've put Landon Dickerson to the Buccaneers at 32 before because of that that very reason. Oh, dude. I mean, if he's healthy, he's a must. That's that's my favorite player in this draft. Like, and I always give Mark, I, I give Mark crap because he doesn't want to take Landon at 32. I'm like, dude, I mean, this guy is legit. I mean, he, you just turn on the tape. I mean, he's a top, He's a top 20 player, maybe even better. I, I have him as a top 10 player. I really there, do. Now, that, now that's, like, that's before building the board itself and having him in a final location because, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I have the injury history the same that everybody else does, but I don't exactly know the, hey, if the doctors are basically telling me, look, this dude's not going to play a full NFL career. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, yeah, maybe you don't want to draft a guy like that at 32. So I could absolutely understand the reservations, but on mm-hmm. the flip side, I could also totally get it. You could yeah. also go over to the interior defensive line, right? And Dominic and Sue, it took him a while to sign a one-year deal, but it's only a one-year deal. So you go, okay, Vita Vea is probably there. You're going to keep him the cornerstone of your team. You just signed Shaq Barry to a big deal. Jason Pierre-Paul's deal is kind of coming towards the end, but at the same time, like, who's going to sit here and bet that Jason Pierre-Paul's going to slow down? Because it ain't going to be me. I mean, like, no. dude's nuts. I, I, He's a the, cyborg. I mean, why he, the, does, why he the, doesn't stop. Why the Giants moved on from him? I don't know, but it's to the Bucks' advantage. And so it's not even like you're drafting. I mean, they got Nelson behind them, right? I mean, like they, they've got these guys that they're comfortable with, with depth and starters. So interior defensive line, you have Christian Barmore still there. Perhaps he's the pick, but man, if you're not drafting Barmore, mm-hmm. there's really not a great interior defensive lineman to have in this class. I mean, like right. it's just not a strong class. You could go wide receiver. You mm-hmm. could go running back. But I mean, at this point, you know, Ronald Jones is a free agent next year. Uh, Leonard Fournette's a free agent next year. Gio Bernard's only on a two-year deal. Keyshawn Vaughn, okay, didn't show a lot last year, but are you going to draft a running back? Because then that would make your room five dudes. How many of these guys are even getting dressed on game day? You're probably scratching two of them because you're probably only bringing three running backs in the fold. So all of that to say, it's so hard to predict what they would do at 32. If you want my opinion, I think they're going to trade down. Like I, I like I just think Tampa is going to trade down back into the second round. They're going to get somebody to come up. They're going to convince somebody to come up, go get a player who they could get a fifth year contract on their deal. They'll move mm-hmm. down in the second round a little bit, and they will move down in the second round to pick up assets in next year's draft. Yeah, That's yeah, what I would I think would probably be most likely for Tampa. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they're they definitely want to try to I think condense picks because when you look at it, they don't have a lot. Like you said, they don't have room on this roster. I mean, you have third round picks, fourth round picks that might get cut because the roster is <laughs> right, right. so talented. Yes, so, so I, I could see them trading down and then you know picking up future assets like you said for next year or the year after, but then also trading back up if they want to get somebody you know maximize top one hundred picks and, and go with that kind of that kind of route. Um, I will ask you, you did mention defensive tackle. What's your thoughts on, you know, the Washington defense tackle Levi. I don't, oh, I can't pronounce his last name. On Wuzurike is how there you his go. last name. There you go. Levi is interesting. I, 
I didn't love his tape. I, I just felt like he was dominating a lot of guys that I didn't think were of NFL caliber. Like I didn't see a super superior athlete in the couple of games I watched. And normally I like to get four games of prospects under my belt, but mm-hmm. I was only actually able to get three, all 22 games of him. So I was only able to watch three, but in the three games that I watched, it just, it felt like he was not, really this premier penetrator that you would take in the first round. I mean, like, I think that he's very versatile. He's got a unique body type. He could play anything basically from like nose to five tech. Washington was letting him do Washington's defense has always been very unique. I mean, like we've seen that back with Vita Vea when we go all the way back before he was a Buccaneer. I mean, they'd play this guy at four. I they'd play him at five tech. They'd piss off offensive linemen by just having him like, super stun all the way from the tackle to the center because everybody's got to pay attention to him. So Washington's always a little bit funky with their defensive line. And so there's somewhat of a projection to what a guy like Levon and Wuzurike is going to be for you. But what the Bucks really would need, I think, you know, they want to stay versatile. And I think that that's important too. And he brings that to the table, but you're going to want a guy who could probably find more of a home as a penetrating three technique player. I think Onuzarike would be that. Hmm. I just don't know if I saw that much of an impact from him to say like, oh, okay, like this is a first round player. Like even if the Bucks liked Levi and Wuzurike, that would be a target that I would tell you trade back out of the first round. Like you hmm. could get Levi somewhere in the second round. And, and I think that that would probably be a better plan for it. So that's the way I see him. I'm not as in on him as a lot of other people were. And then Tampa's got the Washington connection in a couple of different ways, especially with Lake being a coach there. But hmm. I'm just not, I, I was not as big on him as, as some other people were. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely see him as a second round prospect if that's where, you know, they want to go, but you know, I'm bigger on, I like Bobby Brown. That's, that's my dude. If you want to get a defense tackle later, you know, I, I just feel like his upside is a little bit more. He's got a little bit more to his game, length, size, all the stuff that you want. You ben know, from- likes Ben. So like my co-host the locked on NFL draft, he likes he, Brown is one of his dudes. Like he really likes yeah. him. Yeah, I just I like his his versatility, you know, and I think he'd be a good fit in this type of scheme as far as the Bucks like to run. So a lot of people in the chat, I'm noticing now because I got the tab open up. Uh, mm-hmm. One, Mark, I see you complaining about uh, about Landon Dickerson. So I, oh. I, I I see you there. I knew that Michael was going <laughs> to call that one out. A lot of people are talking about them potentially trading up, right? Because that's the other end of the coin from Michael. What you said, where it's like this team at this point third fourth round picks might not even make the team that's just where they're at with depth so you could you could do with that knowledge one of two things one you could you could start to trade back a lot and you could make 2022 and 2023 assets your primary targets as you move back which might be really advantageous for them Mm -hmm. or you could try to package all of it and move up like you could try to package a bunch of it and move up with the Raiders is 17 or uh, Arizona at 16 because Arizona's only got five picks in this draft, right? I mean, like right. you can try to pick a team, maybe even maybe even the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? I mean, you can move mm-hmm. up to 24 because if the Steelers are really targeting a running back, do they need to take a running back at 24? Yeah. Probably not. They could probably move all the way back to 32, get a couple of different draft picks. That would allow them to pick multiple offensive linemen in the second round to make up for picking a running back in the first round. So like all of these scenarios I think could exist as well. Those are the two sides of the coin that I see with the uh, good dilemma to have of having such a very deep team. 
Oh, for sure. And yeah, I definitely think like if there's a certain player they want to go get, like, you know, people are talking about, you know, Mark's talking about Jalen Phillips. I mean, if he is available, you know, say, you know, you get into like the 20 range, like early 20s, maybe like, you know, the Jets, if they want to trade back or something like that, and you get ahead of those Cleveland, Baltimore teams that maybe, you know, are looking defensive line or edge rusher. You know, that could definitely be something they look at. I I, I love Aziz Ojulari. I think mm-hmm. that'd be a perfect fit for our scheme as well. Um, but yeah, definitely yeah, definitely trade up, I think, is an option. I mean, I I I hear what people are saying with you can never have too many pass rushers, but you know, when you look at their depth chart now, obviously Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre Paul, they're gonna play most of the time on the edge, but then They've got Anthony Nelson. I think that they're pretty comfortable with. So he like they already even have their third yeah. guy in. And yeah. I, I, people in the chat are saying like, "Oh, well, uh, like Aziz Ojolari is better than Anthony Nelson." And I, I would agree with you. Yeah. I just I, I don't I don't know if they would do that. Like even if you go and get Aziz Ojolari, he's not going to start. Right. Like he's he's just going to be a rotational pass rusher for you. Yeah. Will that be worth it when you're doing a Super Bowl run? And, Maybe. And that- that but, brings me to that brings me to my next point. It's like the wild card pick for even if we stay at 32 or we trade up, I think it's in the secondary. Like you look at one of these corners sure, or maybe right. safety, like uh, you know, your podcast, I, I heard it today. You mentioned uh Morick. Is that how you say it? Merrick. Yeah, from, is that Merrick, Merrick is how you say his name? Yeah. Merrick from TCU. I mean, that guy's a stud safety. I know mm-hmm. Todd Bowles loves playing three safeties at a time and you know, have a guy like that versatility is kind of similar to Winfield where he can do it all. And, uh, you know, that'd be very enticing if, if a guy like that's available or you go up and get one of these corners like Greg Newsome or, you know, someone who happens to fall, you know, yeah. maybe Farley. I don't think Farley falls, but I don't think Farley falls either. But if Farley makes yeah. the 32, <laughs> oh, my <laughs> goodness, <laughs> who was I doing? Uh, oh, I, I was doing I was doing a live mock with Stephen Che last week for TDN and Farley fell to him at 32 and he took Farley and he like, didn't yeah. even, he didn't even hesitate about it. He was just like, Oh, this is, yeah, this is a no brainer. I'm taking Kayla Farley because I guess it, you know, it depends on what they believe the long-term outlook is with where they want Jamel Dean to play. Like, do they think that he's just going to be their solidified full-time outside corner? If they do, then probably they'll, they'll stay away because they like Sean Murphy bunting. Obviously Carlton Davis has ascended into a CB one type for this team, but I think that all depends on what they believe with Jamel Dean. We got a question uh, in the chat about them potentially trading up for Kadarius Tony if Antonio mm. Brown walks. Mm. I don't think they need to. Like, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think they need to trade it for Kadarius Tony. This was. I was on a podcast last week, and somebody asked me what I thought one of the more overrated players is when it comes to like the rising and falling during draft season. And I said that I think the Kadarius Tony is a little overrated right now. And the reason why I say it, and look, I graduated from the university of Florida. I'm a Gator, go Gators, all of that stuff. Like I love Kadarius Tony. It's been fun to watch him transform his game from just being an athlete mm-hmm. to starting to really become an, a wide receiver, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done there. And I think that you could see that just in the college tape, it gets a lot different in the NFL. You've got to be able to separate with your routes, how you set people up with nuance, with anticipation, all that stuff that he is still learning. And I see people mocking Kadarius Tony at 19 to Washington, 20 to Chicago, like 23 to the New York jets. I don't think he's going that high. I, yeah. I just don't like, I, I genuinely think Kadarius Tony is going to be a day two pick a somewhat early day two pick. I think, you know, he'll mm-hmm. be around two guy, but 
people who are moving up for Kadarius Tony, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think that New Orleans is the popular spot for Tony to sometimes land in the first round, but even then, I I I I don't think that New Orleans would take the bait on him. I don't think the Ravens would take the bait on him. I think he's going to go to round two, and he'll probably make a team pretty happy in round two. But he he definitely has a way to go before he really starts producing as wide receiver in the NFL the way he did with Florida this past season. Yeah, it's funny they they mentioned Tony. That's actually one of our next prospects coming up that we're going to have a breakdown on. So uh, I'm a Gator fan as well. I watched a lot of their you know games, and you know speaking of Gator prospects, I mean just touch a little bit on some of the other prospects. If um, you know Storm Stone uh, Forsyth, I yeah, really like the offense tackle. I think he's a sleeper. Um, and I guess talk about a little bit about, uh, Kyle Trask and what you think of him. So stone had a really slow start to his Florida career. Like I, I, I thought that stone was pretty not great when he first started as a Gator, but this past season was definitely his best by far his best. And he, he really did show some NFL potential this past year. So I think that he really worked his way into being a mid round pick, I think he'd be a third round, fourth round guy that you could look at as an offensive tackle that was clearly trending upwards. So, I mean, you, you, you like that from him there, Kyle Trask. Look, I've said this before and I've, I've gotten a lot of heat from it from Gators fans, which is really funny because when I tweet things out about Kyle Trask, I don't think people realize that I went to UF. And so like people will respond to me just as like, well, you're just like a, you know, he, he'll have to prove everybody wrong again. Like you're just another doubter. He'll have to prove wrong. And I almost want to tell people, look, I was watching Kyle Trask recruiting film at Texas before he even became a Florida Gator. So like, don't talk to me about that. I was, uh, I, I really liked Kyle Trask game coming out of high school. I knew the Derek King situation and I knew that he hadn't started there, but I liked his, him coming into UF, being a developmental quarterback, and I loved how he threw the ball with touch and anticipation when he was in high school. He gets to college, and that gets even better. I mean, the way this guy can hit timing rounds and just float the ball so perfectly under a wheel route or uh, this w- whatever it is, it's a thing of beauty. Certainly having Kyle Pitts on his team didn't hurt his stats this past year, and I think that that's yeah. a big thing that you got to think about with him. But right. I'm not so sure any quarterback in this class, I mean, maybe Trevor Lawrence, throws with touch better than Mm -hmm. Kyle Trask does. And I think that's really valuable. However, I don't think, and I have never believed that Kyle Trask has an NFL arm that you would want for him to be a long-term starter for you. I think that Kyle Trask for the things that he brings presents a decently high floor as a quarterback. And that will bring him to a very, very long career as a backup if he wants he, he i mean he kyle trash can be a qb2 in this league i think for a really really long time i do believe that right. but i don't think he's ever going to be somebody that you would want to invest even a year's worth of your franchise in. you know like what we saw with teddy bridgewater this past mm-hmm. year like what we saw with teddy bridgewater as you sign him to you already know be a bridge quarterback in the nfl that's the peak to me like that is that is as good as it gets for Kyle Trask. I'm not even talking about like Tyrod Taylor, where he was a journeyman around the NFL and had a couple of chances to start. I don't even think that's the case. I just believe, I believe he's a backup quarterback. I think his arm really limits what he could do. He could throw the ball for distance. Fine. But when it comes to really pushing the football with velocity, I just don't think that he shows it enough. I think he'll be a backup in the NFL. And so that's uh that, that's kind of my, my thoughts there on Trask. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's, you know, you got to be able to fit those tight windows. And uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that, you know, with his limitations as far as the strength goes. So, right, right. Um, Mark was asking about, I think he means uh, to Daryl Slayton. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big D tackle. I mean, he's just, 
beef, like pure 100% Angus beef. I mean, like yeah. the grass fed American, whatever you want to <laughs> say about it. Like that's just, he's a big time space eater. And mm-hmm. he's a dude that you would draft. I think later on day three, if you want that nose tackle type, it kind of depends because Todd Bowles defense. I feel like it's, it, it, it's, it's super versatile and it can be because Vita Vea gives you the opportunity to have that. Like, Vita can line up as a three tech one down. He could line up as a four. I, he could line up as a one. He can line up as a zero. You're really only going to want Slayton as a zero or a one. So if you've got packages that you really want that to be the case, and maybe if you even want to put a lot of size in the field and you want to put Vita at a, at a four I position, um, or it, while you're playing Slayton as like a, a true nose tackle, maybe that's something you go for, but that would definitely be a, uh, sometime on day three, probably a later day three pick. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I agree. He's definitely, he's huge. Yes, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, no doubt. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So with that being said, I mean, um, you know, just if you could like, what, what's a couple of like your favorite prospects in this year's class, you know, just name maybe, you know, three guys that you got. Okay. One guy that I love, and I don't know if these are going to be bucks targets or not, but these are just players that I really, really like Elijah Molden, the cornerback from Washington. So we're talking about another Washington guy here. Uh, Son of an NFL veteran, and the second that you turn on the tape, you could tell. I mean, his his vision for spatial awareness, whether he's playing in the slot, whether he's playing outside corner, whether he's coming down as a strong safety, whatever it is, it's just so on point. He knows exactly where to be. He knows how to communicate in zone coverage. Uh, he can understand a lot of different assignments. I mean, like, he's... <laughs> Whoa! Oh, All right. Bless you. Sorry. <laughs> He's just, uh, that was like creeping up for like the last 30, 45 seconds. And I didn't know if we were going to get it. And there it went. So he's awesome though. I think that he's undersized a little bit. So he's going to be limited to kind of more of a strong safety nickel cornerback role. I don't think you're going to want to play him on the outside, but he's so smart. And I just, I'm a sucker for safeties that are so smart with what they do. Another player I love, Tylen Wallace. I've been watching and loving Tylen Wallace at Oklahoma State for the last shoot three years it feels like i mean like when he came on as a stud as a sophomore 1400 yard receiving season i was in love with his game i thought that he was just a dog he was a, he was a smaller kind of a player who could dominate on the outside because he had such a will to be a great contested catch player and that's what he is it, it remained to be over the last couple of years suffered an acl injury which i hated for him because speed and quickness already wasn't his calling card like it was it, I, I thought that it was it was fine, but then I was really worried about him after this, after his injury. He seems to be fine now, but he's another player that, uh, that I really like, man. Third, third guy. I really like Derek Barnes as like yeah. a, like a mid round linebacker type. I mean, he <clears throat> former edge guy that Purdue moved to linebacker and he just yeah. plays like his hair is on fire at all times. <laughs> so if yeah. you are a team in the NFL and, I know we're going a lot more towards nickel being the highest percent personnel on defense that you're playing. But if you are a defense that still really relies on base defense, at least three linebackers on the field, mainly emphasizing a Sam linebacker that could come up on the line of scrimmage and really get physical with you and almost just have an extra body attacking the line. I think Barnes would be fantastic for you. He's a player that, uh, that I've learned to really like over the last month. Uh, when he came out on my radar, but uh, he's, those are three guys that as I watched him, I was just like, these players are great. They're not, they're mm-hmm. not all going to be top 50 picks, but whoever gets them, they're getting a great football player. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, a couple of my guys, I, I, I love Kenneth Gainwell. I think he's nice. He's yes. a, he, he's a stud. I, I just like his ability. I think he's a perfect fit for today's NFL. Um, being able to just use him everywhere on the field. I mean, <laughs> dude lines up wide. He can one. You can do receiver routes. I mean, it's yeah, it's crazy what he's got the ability to do. Yeah, he's a little small, but I think he's a great prospect to have. If, and if you're if you're running his own offense like if you're running outside inside zone i mean he he understands how to read offensive linemen when they're going left and right and i think that's a very valuable skill for today's nfl yeah so and obviously i mentioned landon dickerson i think he's my top guy he's He's just awesome uh, he's just a stud man i i I think he he's gonna have really good success at the next level i think the injuries are in the past and i I think he's gonna be just fine um and then zavin collins zavin collins is nice I just, I just feel like he's a, a unicorn. Like you don't see linebackers like that, you know, six, five, two sixty. a former quarterback as well. A guy who kind of understands how to look at offenses. And I mean, he just, he's very instinctive and I think you can use them in versatile ways. It's kind of like Derek Barnes where you can, you know, maybe rush him outside, you know, at, as the edge position, right. you know, and then his coverage skills are just, you know, I think that's what you need in today's linebacker. You got to be able to cover and, I think that's very important. That's the thing that really got me with Zayvon Collins is you look at the 6'5", 260, and you go, okay, you're a Sam. Like, you're going to be a Sam linebacker. Mm. We're going to have you on the line of scrimmage. You're going to be head up against tight ends. You're going to be handling things on the line. You're going to be sometimes setting the edge as an outside linebacker. But, I mean, he's got a great feel for coverage. Like you said, like he's got that former quarterback background. He could drop mm. into different zones. He's great at reading the quarterback. And, I mean, he's not – the fastest dude in the world because of his right. frame, but I think that he's really quick and he's great to anticipate as well. And I think that that's uh that's a big part of the battle in coverage. You got to be athletic mm-hmm. enough to really drop in his zones and things like that. But I, I think the anticipation also helps in a lot of ways. And, and so he's, he is definitely a very intriguing prospect. I think he's a for sure first rounder. And right. I'm just not sure where exactly it's going to be. Right. Do you take him at 32? I fear the bucks. No, a, no, no, but just because I, I like they, the Bucks are going to want to run so much two linebacker sets. Like, I That's just don't true. think they need them. You know, like they have Devin and they have Levante. And as long as Levante's sticking around for a couple of years, especially what you would assume for a Super Bowl run, I, I don't, I don't think it would be advantageous for them to, to take Zayvon right. at 32. I just, I just don't see it happening, even though I think he's a really good player. Yeah. And it's probably, it's probably too much to, invest something like that as an edge prospect, you know, edge project pretty much. Like I could see them trying to use them at edge, but again, it's no guarantee it's going to work because they didn't really rush a lot from the outside. So, right. Um, yeah. I mean, so with that being said, uh, I don't, I don't have any other questions. I think that was it for me. So, um, Trevor, again, this was awesome just having you on. Um, and man, your content is just killing it right now. Tell everyone how they can you know, what you got going on coming up next and, and where they can find you. Well, I really appreciate the kind words, Michael. I mean, we've, we've been doing a lot of stuff over the draft network. We've been trying to ramp up our video coverage as you all are as well. So, you know, the video grind when it comes to putting out some visual content and, you know, we're, we're coming down the home stretch of a lot of stuff, our Buster Broken series, the live mock drafts. I mean, draft weekend's almost here. And so we're going to be putting out a lot of stuff between now in that first Thursday of the draft, but uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey, follow the draft network at the draft network. I mean, we're going to be covering the bucks and every other team as we try to figure out 
who they're going to pick in front of who might be uh, in front of Tampa Bay and who might be available for them when they come on the clock. So, Michael, I really appreciate you having me. Uh, always enjoy talking ball with you guys. You guys are killing it as well with the film breakdowns and uh, the assessment of this team. And so you are doing awesome work as well. Thanks, Trevor, man. It's been awesome. And uh, yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime soon. Absolutely, man. All right. All right. Take care. Have a good night. So there's Trevor Sikama uh, from the Draft Network. It was really awesome having him on. So, uh, man, just uh, a lot of good information there. So he's always just not very knowledgeable. Uh, and it was it was really nice talking with him. Uh, but, guys, uh, the draft, man, it's it's almost here. So it's crazy. Um, let's get – give me a couple of seconds here. I'm going to get our sponsor. I don't know if you guys have gone yet to our symbol. Uh, let me go to their website real here. Let's see if I can share this. I don't usually do the share stuff. Mark does that. So let me see if I can figure it out. Uh, let's see. But bring in the questions. I'm going to probably stay on for like a couple more minutes. Um, let me see here. There we go. Da, da, da. All right, there we go. And as you can see, the symbol. So symbol, uh, be sure to check this out. This is one of our sponsors. Um, it's real easy to sign up. Um, and it's pretty much like sports betting, but you're you're betting on your favorite team. So like if you want to, you know, buy the Buccaneers, I think their stock is at like $44 right now, which is pretty awesome. Uh, it's because they just won the Super Bowl. So um, be sure to check that out. If you sign up, be sure to use our promo code, uh, real bucks talk. I believe you get $10 of credit, um, to your account. So just something cool to look into. Um, it's, it's pretty neat how they have it all set up. It's kind of like stocks, but it's for your, for your sports team, your favorite sports team. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, so yeah, symbol, <laughs> but, uh, Let's see what else I want to talk about. Rindex. <laughs> Get out of here, man. You got your own podcast now, man. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing with you. Appreciate you joining in. Um, let me see if there's any questions that I missed up here. Oh, I should ask him this question. Sorry, Rob. I didn't see this. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's sporting the man bun or not. Um, so I think he might have cut it. Uh, let's see, but yeah, it's just awesome having Trevor on. I mean, he's a, uh, he's a really insightful guy, so be sure to check out his, uh, content over there at the draft network. Um, he's just got a lot of great stuff. I love their, uh, locked on NFL draft podcasts. Really cool. Um, but with that being said, guys, uh, also, you know, if you enjoying the video, make sure to hit that like button. Also subscribe if you haven't, uh, as well. So yeah, who we got coming out soon? Uh, a lot of good prospects. So it, I think we're going to have Kadarius Tony. We're going to have um, Levi Onurzike. I butchered that name. I don't know how to say it, but <laughs> we have that guy coming out, the guy from Washington. Uh, also, we have, uh, I believe, uh, Peyton Turner from Houston, the edge prospect. So, yeah, man, I... Just going back on what we talked about earlier, 
you know, I think this team, the Bucks, they're going to look at all options, whether it's trading up or trading down. Uh, I kind of agree with Trevor. I think trading down makes the most sense. You can get um, some more, you know, more picks for next year and really help yourself out that way. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I can't believe it's only nine days away, which is awesome. So we're going to have uh, a lot of good stuff Thursday and Friday of that week on this channel. Uh, we're going to do some live stream. Uh, try to have some guests on so it's going to be uh, a long night but it's going to be fun and we're also going to do some day two coverage as well so that's going to be uh very exciting <laughs> can we draft a punter that's actually a good question i don't know i mean i don't know if they're looking to upgrade the punter i think pinion did uh better uh last year um but again that's probably a position they could improve and maybe save some money as well um but yeah uh it's awesome so let's see what else we got. Keep bringing the question, guys. I'm going to probably stay on to like 945. Um, but I mean, looking at it, you know, from uh, position wise, I mean, there's just not many needs on this team. I mean, that's why I think, you know, offensive line, uh, wide receiver, defensive back, maybe defensive line edge prospects. I think those are the targets pretty much. I'm not sure if they're going to draft a running back early. Uh, but I wouldn't put it past them if, you know, they find a guy they like, like, you know, we talked about Kenneth Gainwell, um, you know, just have to wait and see what kind of fits are going to be available later on. But, you know, when you look at the free agents that are going to be on this team next year, I mean, definitely offense line, edge, D line, uh, corner, safety, all those are going to be needs. So, you know, it's going to be just how do they attack it? You know, when do we do we draft a quarterback this year? That's going to be a question. Um, yeah, Pac-Man, I see your question. Um, yeah, I mean, we use we use StreamYard. That's what we're using right now. Um, and, yeah, we'll definitely have to get some fans on. Definitely get some fans on um, probably in the offseason later this year. Hopefully we can do that. Um, you know, once the, the offseason kind of dies down, draft is over, then we can probably try to get, you know, someone on. Uh, Jenkins over Dickerson, Rob Dunlap. That's a good question. I, I love both prospects. I mean, we just did a video on Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma state. I think he's really fun, very physical player. Uh, he's versatile. He could play left or right tackle. He can move into guard. So there's a lot of good options, uh, you know, there, but I still go land in Dickerson. I just, I just love the dude. I I'm not really concerned about the injuries. I think he's going to be fine. And he's going to be a, a very good player in this league. Uh, he's just got that. He's just got that it factor. I think about him. You know, he's a good leader. People respect him. So, but man, uh, and something we didn't get into earlier with Trevor. Uh, you know, as far as the, like the top ten and like how that's going to play out. You know, quarterbacks I think are going to go one through four. I think Atlanta's probably going to trade down. Um, do they take Kyle Pitts? Maybe, maybe they do take Kyle Pitts if they can't get a trade offer out, but yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's what makes the fun. The, the draft fun is, you know, just the drama that it's going to bring next weekend. So that should be, should be awesome. Um, but guys, I think I'm going to head out now, uh, close it out. Um, again, thank you all for, you know, joining us. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the the segment with Trevor. It's really nice talking with him. And we'll have to have him on soon, probably sometime maybe after the draft. Uh, but 
thank you all for joining us tonight. Be sure to hit that like button uh, and also be sure to um, subscribe if you haven't. And we appreciate all the support for the channel. And as always, go Bucks.